Welcome back to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stanley. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, for those that's online, we definitely appreciate you guys listening every week, uh, finding out, uh, asking questions, and giving us your feedback. We really enjoy that. But I got a special guest today, and we are so excited to have him. He is the founder of Eat Okra. Please, everybody, give him a warm welcome to Anthony Edwards, Jr. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Listen, we are so, so excited. Uh, so many stories that I know uh, you're going to share, not only provide with us, but also the journey alone from what I've been hearing and understanding is just remarkable. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm from excited the start. Share, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So please uh, introduce yourself again. And let the people know exactly what Eat Okra is. Yeah, so my name is Anthony Edwards Jr. I am the co-founder, one of two. My wife is my partner okay. and wife and, and, and co-partner <laughs> and everything. Um, so yeah, we, we together we came up with Eat Okra. So Eat Okra is a, a directory platform that brings people together through food and beverage and, and through black food and beverage. So we're a national directory of black-owned eateries, food trucks, restaurants, chefs, and mm-hmm. more. Why the name Eat Okra? So Eat Okra was a seed brought over during the slave trade. Uh, so there's a lot of cultural significance to you know okra. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I both, our roots, our family roots are from the South. So my wife's family is from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, well, in that area, so, um, like the Geechee area. Um, and then my family is from um, Iota, Louisiana, Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Gumbo is a staple, you know, meal, yeah, southern yeah, yeah. dish, and you know, okra is a, a big it's part a big of that, part of and then a big part of like the co- cooking culture period down mm-hmm. there in the south. So there's a lot of like significance with that. You know, okra is like a binding ingredient; it thickens things up. So we like to play off like that mm-hmm. kind of. Like you know, okay. we're, we're we're connecting things, you know, through food, culture, and community. How did the name come up, though? Um, like who picked it out? Is just something that just popped, you know? I'm trying to understand. Yeah, that. yeah. One of our one of the one of the earliest designer he picked it out and you know explained why with the we were like oh wow that's an amazing answer and we loved it and then it was um it was we just gonna call it okra mm-hmm. but everything was okra was taken on all the apps and all the stuff like the website had taken so we were like well it's a food app let's just put eat in front of it you know it was like Uber Eats there's like Eat Twenty Four so a lot of food apps were doing uh, eat. I like that in front of the second word so or, or after so like we that. just stuck an eat in front of it and then eat okra yeah. you know you know <laughs> the, the name like i was saying before like i didn't even realize the okra inside the name and then when i realized i was like oh that's that's a genius i like it. i like how it was formatted um but something like that you know with the cultural background or all the stuff that comes along with it I know you're going for the black community, right? Uh, is this is this something that you felt that will attract the name us alone would attract the black people? Like I didn't know that history, and I'm black, right? Right, right. A lot of people wouldn't know that history. But what made you say this is the name that that's going to represent the black community? Because it sticks. When I when uh, I say eat okra, you immediately think about okra, and you're like, I hate okra. Or you're like, I love okra. There's like, there's like no it's in a, between. Yeah, there's a love. How you like? Yeah, so 
Mm. You know, it's just like a stickiness to that to that word, how you take it. Like people have literally said, I'm not downloading your app because I don't like okra. Really? <laughs> yes. And we laugh like, wow, really? But wow. it's just funny. But, um, you know, like there's a greater cause than we're, it, it's not an app of searching okra. Right, right. You right, know, you're right, not, right, we're right. not putting okra in front of everything. In fact, we rarely like even show okra, but in other places you know than our logo but it was funny it's just like and i and it, i like that because it sticks that name is like it sticks oh, okay. it's controversial oh. though if in that case right in that case and then people are going to talk about it regardless of what mm-hmm. so it's a it's a win-win as far as the conversational piece i want to get into details of how you got started but now you have this company right i want to know what made you decide that this is something that i want to venture off into yeah, so I think our story is a little bit different. You know, it really started out as me and my wife both moving to Brooklyn. Well, she moved there and I followed her. I'm from upstate New York and she's from the Bronx. So neither one of us really knew Brooklyn. And we really wanted to get to know our neighborhood and what better way through than learning through the community. You know, people congregate at restaurants and there's parties at restaurants. Mm-hmm. So that's an, a great way to, to learn about the community and surrounding the energy of the city, the vibe. So, you know, we decided, you know, we, we didn't have any, like, utensils or pots, pans. We didn't even have a microwave or refrigerator at the time. So it was like we had to go out. So we wanted to support Black-owned restaurants at the time, too. Well, not at the time. We always do. But um, it, was, it was at a time of election year. The social unrest. Social unrest mm-hmm. um, during 45's first right. uh, win. At, you know, so it really was like part of advocacy why we wanted to do it advocacy but you know another reason was i was i had just gotten out of college maybe a year or so prior and i wanted to build something i was working a day job i worked as a engineer software engineer full-time mm-hmm. and i wanted something else that i could do to level up my skills to get the next job so my wife was like you know you should build this app you know it's something that's gonna be beneficial to us we'll learn about the neighborhood and you get to flex your skills and so that's what we did. I kind of just, you know, we both put got on our couch or not even on the couch. We were just on the floor, like putting this whole thing together. And wait, wait, so you started this without any furniture. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a computer and that's all I really need. <laughs> you know, a little table, little, you know, when you first move in, you had that table. Oh, the little flip table. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it was just really just doing that, using that and um, coding for a while. And then I kind of got crazy with it. <laughs> and, you know, like six months later, we put out the first version. Wow. So break down to me, like, what was phase one? Phase one was research. I think um, I had never built a, um, a mobile app before. Mm-hmm. I built websites. The day, my day job is like maintaining a, web, a software program. So I had those skills. It was about mobile app skills now. So I had to like learn a new language, new framework. I was on the Instagram, or not really Instagram, I was on um, YouTube and all the forums, finding out what's the best software to use to build something on both Android and iOS. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I read books and everything once I determined which language I was going to use. So it was, for the tech people, it was a language called Ionic Framework. Mm-hmm. And I went on that journey th- with Ionic, and it was pretty crazy to go through it um as they were making a lot of changes you know there was breaking changes and stuff i had to figure out too but it was it was an amazing learning experience as, as a developer first mm-hmm. to get that kind of skill so let, let's let's break it down to phase two like what the, now that you got the information you did the research 
what was the next thing that you you had to face yeah i think it was you know my wife at during that time she was also like inputting data she was researching finding black owned restaurants you know going through the forums and through like google sheets and things like that just you know because black owned restaurants like it was always done in like articles you know there was never an app there might there was a few apps that had done it but were no longer available mm-hmm. um and then there's other apps that do everything you know so we wanted to focus on an app that's just food and beverage and do it well have a really solid list right you know so phase two first phase two kind of like hit us out of nowhere mm-hmm. you know we put the app out literally the same day that we went to a restaurant using the app and i introduced it to a woman who happened to be part of like a sorority so when we told her about it she got super excited and then started sharing it with people in like atlanta oh wow and we didn't have any listings in atlanta and i was like oh no you can't do that you're supposed to just be in new york i mean it worked in atlanta but we didn't have any data so we quickly came home and we all sleep me and my wife we started adding more listings to Atlanta, you know? And then it just started growing. We are like, you know what? We should just start covering, like, all these other cities and states as well, too, and just really, like, grow, really grow the platform. So at that point, we had, like, 300, you know? 300 restaurants. 300 restaurants on the platform. Now we have about 8,500. Wow. And how long did that take? What was the, uh, the time frame? I mean, that was since 2016, that the growth of that. But over, over the last year, we put about 4,500 new listings in the last year. Wow, that's impressive. We got to drink to that. Man. Yeah. We got to drink to that. Cheers. Salud. 8,500 in a short time span. I know it had to be overwhelming, but at the same time, I know it had to be gratifying. Uh, walk us through that, that moment when... The excitement. Yeah. I mean, we've during the last four years, I'm going to talk, speak to pre-COVID, um, pre-George mm-hmm. Floyd. It was really, you know, we're bootstrap companies, so we mm-hmm. were taking it ourselves, taking our time. It was slow. Uh, we moved at our own pace. Life happened. We had a baby. We got married. Um, during the happened? growth of the company. During the growth, right? During, mm-hmm. this is all the growth. Um <clears throat> And we still weren't really thinking about it as a business yet. It was really just a, a passion project. Mm-hmm. And um, we had some moments where people caught on to what was going on, to what we were, had built. You know, so we'd get an article here and there that mentioned us, and we get like 1,200 downloads in a weekend. And just like super excited about that. You know, right, like, right. And then it always like spiked and then reared off, and then it was like, you know, stable until somebody else tweeted us. Or something like that. And, and they spiked again. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had okay. a lot of spikes, you know, in the last four years. But then, you know, George Floyd happened mm-hmm. mixed with COVID. So, you know, the news cycle had stopped. There was no sports, no entertainment to really, like, change our mindset or change, like, what we were focused on. So then George Floyd happens. is like, how do we support black-owned businesses? There's, you know, we're the ones, like, really suffering the most right. in the community. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we need to take care of, you know, African-American people and people of color and small businesses. So mm-hmm. somebody was like, I don't know who started it, but it was, oh, here's this app. They have, I think it was like about 3,000 restaurants that are black owned in your city and like, you know, the major cities. And suddenly it just like took off. It literally like took off. We went from 30,000 downloads to about 300,000 downloads in what seemed like overnight in a very short three month span, four month span. Wow. 
how did you manage that kind of growth? Because you basically blitz all the way through overnight. Now, how did you manage that? Yeah, um, my wife had to really step up, step her game up really <laughs> a little bit. I was, um, and I had to step my game up too. I mean, I was already working on Idokra, literally. I would um, wake up about five or six in the morning, mm-hmm. every day of the week, pretty much. Five or six in the morning, work until eight or later on the weekends, and then go to work. You know, my normal day job, eight to nine to five. Mm-hmm. hang out when I got go to the gym or something like that and then I would work again from 9 to midnight 1 in the morning mm-hmm. and I did it for 3 4 years well, so this you is know. not an overnight company no no this you is know. absolutely not an overnight company you know um, but you know when that happened there was some stuff I needed to fix on the server side because you know scale is a much different thing <laughs> at the handle even as a server so we had Dang. to upgrade our servers upgrade the hardware, had to fix some, some areas in the code that were slow. And my wife, you know, she stepped in and started like really handling our, our social media stuff, like really putting out, getting us help, responding to people, responding to emails because the emails started flooding, you know, so. I can imagine. And then we realized, you know, we need to raise money so that we can handle 8,000 new leads that came to us. In our app, you can submit a new restaurant mm-hmm. and then we review it, we add it and things like that. But each restaurant takes like 10 minutes. To, to vet yeah, to vet, to vet okay. and put on, yeah. So 10, 15 minutes, yeah, depending on the restaurant and we're able to find the information. Are they black-owned or do we call them, things like that. So, yeah, we, we needed help. So we, we um, partnered with Fun Black Founders with mm-hmm. um, Rachel, Rachel mm-hmm. King. Um, and she, she, she was amazing help. So we raised um, over the summer about $30,000. And we were able to hire... Um, people to help us like start adding listings and and do other things in the company that we started to really need to do during that time we also incorporated maybe a few months prior we started incorporating we incorporated c corp out of delaware so we were like we have a business model people want to use it you know like now we need to really figure this part out so it was a passion project for us first and Mm -hmm. then it became a company so we had to start thinking like the company vision, you know, the company architecture, yeah, like all those things yeah, that you think about statement. first. Right. We had we thought about second. So that's our story is unique in that way. So you did it backwards, basically. Yeah. You grew the company and then got it structured. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a chicken and the egg problem with with what we have. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get the companies to buy into what you do unless the people are there to support it. Right. You know, the people won't come unless you have the listings there. Correct. You know, so I don't want to open an app and see nothing or, or one listing. I'm never going to come back, you know. So that's, you know, that's really how we had the growth. Now but, that we had people mm-hmm. and we already had 3,000 listings, you know, they stuck. But prior to that, you didn't have 3,000 listings. You only had how many when you first started? 300. And then over the years, you know, went 300 and like okay. 1,200, you know, it was just always iterating. I was doing that and coding all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So now, now we know the scope of the project. My thing is, um, prior to to all of this, right? Because you had um, you had the other app, food apps companies that already started. They already launched before you. Mm-hmm. So they basically uh, took the helm and then they they went off with it. Mm-hmm. Now, because of COVID, things were able to scale towards the app. More more people want to have their food delivered to them. They yeah. want to know more about the experience of the food. Mm-hmm. You could get the reviews, but, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. What made you think this is a model that can work 
in the beginning, even though you had these other companies that took the helm already? I think because it's niche, niche. You're really mm-hmm. supporting local. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the other food apps. You know, they're really skewed towards franchises or franchise people that have a lot of money to support the ads and the marketing within the app. Mm-hmm. So the mom and pop are just pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. And then we're also really, we our target was black owned businesses. You know, so there's like a huge set of the community that want to support black owned businesses, and they don't know where they're at. They don't know they're there. They literally could be right next door, and they just didn't know the restaurant was black. And here in the city, we always walk certain ways to get to the subway or something like that. Right, right. Routine. But, yeah, we have a routine. You know, if I were to take a right instead of taking a left, mm-hmm. you know, there might be a black-owned restaurant. It could be a coffee. That could be my new coffee spot, you know. But, you know, and that's, that's kind of like how we thought about it. Now, you got to a point where you're really doing well. But you know there's a lot more room to grow. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you're putting all the pieces in place, right? You're getting all the, the, the people in the right positions. You're doing all the things that you need to do. Um, what is the vision? What is the ultimate goal? Because it had to change from initial. Initially, you were doing this off of passion. Mm-hmm. Then it scaled, mm-hmm. all right? And now it's at a point where you're growing it as a company, but now it's more structured, organized, but you got to think of the bigger picture. What is the new bigger picture? The bigger picture, I think, is our support for restaurants, restaurant owners. So that's the mission. That's the mm-hmm. agenda. Yeah. On the front front facing part of the app, it's a directory. You know, we're putting butts in the seats. You know, we've yeah. connected 330,000 like people to black owned businesses across the country. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what we do on the front. But on the back end, we want to give the restaurant owners tools, access. We want to advocate for for the restaurant to get cheaper rates you know so as a member on our platform right now we have a partnership with pepsi and they get they get into a a buy-in program a national buying group where they're going to get poor cheaper Mm -hmm. how did you work out that deal um you know during during i guess back last august you know the pepsi team um saw that the black community and and the pepsi has been doing that kind of work over the years um, but you know, when we met with them, they, they emailed us, we emailed back and forth. We met with their team. It was a very diverse team. Uh, we loved the energy of the company. We had spoken to others and it wasn't as received mm-hmm. like them. So it, we were really happy to talk with them. And then it was just a huge, diverse group of people, women involved, black women involved, you know, so they told us their plan, what they wanted to do. You know, we waited a few months to hear back from them and then they were just like, they love our product. They, mm-hmm. they love the, the story, the history that we've been doing this. It wasn't a trend for us. You know, we had mm-hmm. already been doing that work. So they were like, we need we want to partner with you guys. You know, so we five year partnership with them. And we'll be doing a lot of things to support the black owned community. Mm-hmm. They have a hundred million dollar promise to the black community. So, you know, we're going to be a helping be a driving force to raise that money over the next five years. That's impressive. Cheers. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Thank you. You know, when you when you join a big company, a lot of times they try to shelve you. Yeah. Right? Because they feel that you, you're moving or you're gaining traction or you're interfering with um, whatever product that they're pushing out. What made you feel confident that they weren't going to shelve you? Is it because it's a 50-50 partnership? I don't know what the, the split is. But um, my my thought process is this. What makes it you think 
what made you confident enough to say, I'm going to deal with them because there's a chance I won't be shelved and they're really going to push this agenda. And it's not a um, momentary thing. It's not something that's just temporary and that's it. Yeah. You know, there, there are companies that were very, you know, one season or one Correct. weekend kind of partnerships, you know, that wanted to last a year, but it's really like active activity during a season or, or shorter, you mm-hmm. know. So, but with Pepsi, this is a five-year campaign that they're doing. They're and that we're a part of together, you know. So it it didn't feel like they were just going to take advantage of us, and then we would be stuck, you know. Um, but we're going to be an active partner, active, and and it's not just us. There's a few other companies as well that are black owned involved in the project. Okay. Uh, black and Mobile, Black Restaurant Week are all are involved, mm-hmm. and um, as well in this project. Okay. Oh, and My Black Receipt with Kizia. Yeah. <laughs> Was there a point that, um, I'm not sure if this is correct or right, so um, let me know if I'm wrong. Um, you were, you guys were involved in a commercial, a big commercial? No. Commercial? Okay. No, we haven't been in a commercial. Okay. We, we've been on like Fox News. We did um, New York, New York One, uh, Pix11. We haven't done a commercial, though. Okay. I want a commercial. Because <laughs> <laughs> you guys are really... Um, you're really growing fast, but it's not really fast. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're growing and, and you're expanding, but at the same time, people are still not aware of the app and not aware yeah. of the company, even though you guys are still scaling at a rapid pace. Yeah, people say, you know, I haven't heard of you. I haven't heard of you. I'm like, well, I mean, there's hundreds of million of people in the country, <laughs> you know what I mean? And... 300, I mean, we're, we're definitely getting a lot of touch points here, and like, especially in like New York City and the big cities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it takes a lot to, you know, somebody to really get it, you know right, what I mean? Right, That's right, why, right. like, advertising is so expensive. You have to put it in front of somebody, like, eight times before they're like, you know, let me try this thing out. You know, so yeah. we're still working on our second and third or maybe first touch on people, so. Okay. When was that intersection where you said to yourself, all right, this this may be a goal. Or was it an intersection where it said, this, there's a chance this may not work? I always felt like it would work. You know, once, I, once, once that first day when, the, you know, we introduced it to, God, I can't remember her name. Start with an L. <laughs> but when we introduced it to her, she, you know, once she shared it and then they were started sending more restaurants, they're like, this is what we've been looking for. We get that kind of email all the time. Like, keep doing what you're doing. This is great. My daughter and I went to Oakland and we used your app the entire weekend to shop and, and spend money at black-owned restaurants. My husband's a flight attendant. He uses it whenever he lands in a different city. You know, people like that. You know, mm. this one woman wrote me the other day and said that she's part of a, a baseball, you know, she's a soccer mom, baseball mom. Mm. And they're going to use the app whenever they travel to a different school to find black-owned restaurants in the area and support. How does that make you feel? feels good. It feels good. You know, we're, we're doing our part, you know, like the military. I was also in the service. It was like, I'm oh, still doing my part. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Vanessa, yeah. mm-hmm. so you, you, you already got this uh, uh, innate thing or innate ability to, to serve, to want and to um, assist people. Yeah, I think I get it from my mom and my dad. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, why is that? My mom just has that entrepreneurial spirit. She's, you know, she's done a couple different businesses. She has like a, a wig business. She's had a, a catering and event venue as well. My dad had a restaurant uh, in Los Angeles. No, I'm sorry, in Fresno, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, barbecue, amazing barbecue. 
He still has it? Or? No, he, he, um, they had to shut it down like a decade ago. It was a long okay, time ago okay. when he deployed to um, Iraq. So you think that um, seeing that image of both of them chasing their dreams or, or, or being successful at it to a degree that made you feel like, okay, I can do this as well? Yeah, I was always like watching closely, just like, even though I wasn't like really in the internals of it, just like watching and seeing, just like, I think I could do this, you know, just always mm-hmm. having that like spirit. And I've always been into tech, so I always knew I wanted to do something with technology. Mm-hmm. And then just E-Oak, I kind of just like fell in our lap, I think, a little bit. I mean, we worked for it, but you guys created so yeah. that's, that's that's i mean it's really really an impressive app i think that um it brings so much value to the black community um to know that there's some place that you can go to um do you have plans on expanding past the um, black community and involving other communities or this is there's still more to touch in within the community that you don't need to branch out yeah i think there's definitely um if we wanted to we could Pivot. No, I'm not going to say pivot. We could spin up a new app and then target. Target, just do a demo on that group. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, there's just so much room for us to grow where we're at now, just staying in the food and beverage space. You know, we want to do more with catering. You know, we can be a, a go-to to get a caterer to do um, for Facebook, you know, and hire a caterer through us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's... Like I said, we want to do more with the, the restaurant community, the owners. So we okay. want to, like a buying group. We want to galvanize everybody together so that we're collective and, and organized in our spending. You know, and with, when we do that, we're, we have power. We have a level of, of power that we can demand cheaper rates that, we're, that the, only the big you know, Fortune 500s are getting or you know, multi-operator units can, can afford. Yeah, when you have that type of synergy, it's, it's always good to have some kind of leverage um, right within the, within each other because now you can go out there and really negotiate to what's going to benefit uh, the group as mm-hmm. a whole right and, and I think that's great um, I, what what are some of the red tapes that stopping you right now that you feel that that's stopping you from really getting to the point where you think this company can go that's stopping us I think um, we need um, to bring on more employees. We need more help uh, and resources like finance, I think. You know, what we want to do is we got to get more restaurant owners on board on the platform, signed mm-hmm. up. And um, I think that's about it. Just once we get the restaurant owners really signed up and, and um, buying into our membership or at least signed up, you know, then we can really start doing more. But we need resources, money, right. finance. <laughs> To get in, in front of them, you know, right. marketing is expensive. Marketing or somebody on the ground in sales, it's expensive. Making those phone calls, you know. Uh, how how do you get some of that support now? Um, so through our partnerships, we've got investments. Mm-hmm. So we're okay right now, but you know, every month that that dollar value is coming <laughs> down, and you need to have that going the other way, you know. So so you know that's what we're working on. Mm-hmm. Now you 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 got such an amazing story that started out um, from nothing basically, from not having furniture to the fold up tables to really <laughs> taking it to the next level. What I know there's some things that you can share, some feedback that you can give to people that really want to get started, not necessarily in the in the tech world with the app and 
but just in general, some advice that you could share with people that really want to become an entrepreneur and really learn from some of your mistakes or some of your learning lessons that you can provide? Yeah, I think definitely just, you know, work your product, work to your product or service daily, you know, out like, and then just learn, keep, always keep learning, keep getting into staying ahead of the curve, you know, envision what could be, you know, and then also I think having a strong network is important. I never had a network until I joined the Gentleman's Factory. Right. You know, I mean, I have my military, but never like a business minded mindset of people mm-hmm. around that really changed once I joined the factory, Gentleman's Factory with, with Jeff, meeting Jeff and interviewing mm-hmm. with Jeff. I, I got my um, my mentor, Marvin, through the area as well, through the, area, through the factory as well. And it was just a change. Like the first question they asked me was like about raising money and i was like no one's ever asked me a question about raising money right because you know i was just doing my thing like you know i never thought nobody would want to invest in me not now but now i have a reason why they should invest in us correct mm-hmm. uh, i agree because um joining the factory the gentleman's factory i i found that um not only the the value of networking because i always knew the value of networking but the the value the value of having quality people right within a network and wherever you turn you find somebody that really is um, certified in whatever they're doing and they really want to help people grow and I thought that was very um, encouraging empowering for black men in general to have some place where they can go and just share ideas and thoughts and, uh, and yeah yeah in, in all stages you know in, the people in, that have made it that are helping the others the others like just like feet wet trying to understand and be around that kind of people and right there's a space for that how important is that to be around the right people extremely extremely important being around people that are more successful than you and then people you can bring along the way that's you know at your level right below you too i think you need to both because there's energy, I think, in both areas that you need to be stay ahead and be kind of inventive in your own mind and mm-hmm. things like that. Or, you know, I, I ask whenever I make a decision, I'm asking like four people, <laughs> like, what do you think? What have you thought? What is your experience? Yeah. You know, don't tell me what to do, but like, you know, what is your experience in it? Yeah. Is it is it a, a mastermind group or just like a, a few guys that you just seek counsel? Um. This there's. Three people that are on my, my advisory board, and then there's two other people who who I just I speak to. They just they happen to just be really friendly with me, and they really like the product, and they're really successful, and they they mm-hmm. still let me have like my one on ones with them. They book time for me and just help me help me grow, help me think about how I need to be thinking, or and I just confirm like how I'm thinking with them, and they're like, yeah, I think you're thinking about it right, and then. They say a whole bunch of other like super smart, wise things. Yeah, like, I never thought about it that way. Right. You know, what what percentage of that would you say uh, is is needed, or what percentage of that is their think is a group collective thinking versus this is a point where I need to make this decision on my own. Um. Most of the time, it's you making that decision on your own. <laughs> they 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 tell you like guide you in the right things, and but you have to act ultimately pick A or B, you know. And but you know, definitely do your homework on figuring out which which way you're gonna go. But yeah. you know, there's definitely left or rights that every every decision, everything you do is a left or a right, and you know you just gotta 
trust your gut, trust your instincts, mm-hmm. and, and choose one. I have this thing where, and I share it all the time, is that I believe in disagreements. I think they're they're so important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because if we both, if we all agreed, then something was wrong, right? But if you have a valid point, and you may not have a valid point at the time, mm-hmm. but you're arguing because you want to disagree for whatever reason it may be, and I'm I'm arguing one point, you're arguing another point, but the moment we start disagreeing, we find a common denominator normally mm-hmm. a majority of the time that opinion or that one-sided that both-sided opinion is actually the correct way to go mm-hmm. but that would have never happened without having disagreements going back and forth till we finally realize okay this is the best option yeah i hope my right. wife was listening to this <laughs> so, no you, me and my wife we go back and forth all the time and we have our disagreements and i'm just like and i bring it up or raise it to her because i know she has a mindset and how she thinks because mm-hmm. My wife and I, our relationship is one, I'm a Libra, she's an Aries, so we're total opposites wow. on the horoscope thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way we think about problem solving is totally opposite too. So when I approach her with something, she's like, I already thought about it, I'm not thinking about it again, you know, and I'm like, no, let's just think about it, I want to ask you again. And she's like, I already answered it. So we go back and forth and sometimes, you know, the answer changes after deliberating back and forth. But, you know, we have to force that out sometimes to find that oh, okay i was wrong okay i like the way you're thinking about it i didn't mm-hmm. even think about that you know and you oh. see see that's the key point you just made right a lot of people don't realize that's the best thing for someone to say in that scenario is that oh i didn't look at it that way i didn't think of it that way because that's that's keeping your mind open to new suggestions new opinions that may be beneficial right mm-hmm. it may be something that you just overlook Right, it might be staring you right in the face, but you overlooked and somebody yeah. pointed it out. Yeah, yeah. And you asked me earlier, you know, definitely talk to people about your business more. I think you know, one or two people is cool, but you know, tell everybody about it because they're gonna think about your business differently. Every time somebody tells me about their business, I'm thinking about it like, oh, you could do this. Have you thought about that? Mm. Have you thought about that? And then I think about it more. I'm in the shower, so I'm like, oh, you know what? I thought about this. Have you thought about that too? You know, so definitely tell people what you're doing, you know, proprietary, of course, if it's, you know, IP involved and you want to have NDAs, but just, just talk about your business Mm because that's the only way you're going to learn more or learn what you can do. That's why I believe in the mutual NDAs because, um, at the end of the day, their opinion, right, whatever they, they, they share with you. And if it helps you grow, you know, you can't, Yeah, you, always wanna, you, you want to keep them included. Yeah. yeah, you want to kick them back something. So you don't want them to feel it's one-sided where I don't want to share my opinion because if I give it to you. So you do a mutual NDA. Um, that way, that person is protected, you're protected. But if the idea grows and it becomes successful, everybody shares. in. So it's a win-win scenario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more you get people involved that way the more they feel confident enough to share their thoughts with you and you'll be surprised a lot of people can help you grow even in the position they at right now yeah yeah i wish i could just bottle up some of my friends they're all doing their own things and they're all talented i was like if i could just take you and then take (laughs) you and then take you we would have a super company and we'd be good. But, you know, they're doing their thing. They believe in their thing. You can't pull them off. But, you know. No, you can't pull them off. But yeah. what you can do is uh, build that, that network, that nesting network where everybody comes in and then 
um, feed off of each other's energy. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's great. Sometimes you have somebody, you know, it's always important if you're starting a business to be around entrepreneurs. Because now you you learn from their struggles, right? Or vice versa. Yeah. Right? They could learn a yeah. lot from you too. Mm-hmm. But at least one thing you're learning is that, okay, uh, if you have in doubt, a next person that went through that process could always say, listen, I went through there. I've been there. Just keep going. Yeah. I mean, you're, it's lonely at the top, right? When you're a CEO, mm-hmm. CEO. You can't, you don't only really talk about it with each other. You can't go talk about the, the company problems at the below you, right? right. After, you know, your staff. You talk about those with other CEOs or other, you know, people trying to do it. So that is nice to have that network of people to just like talk about your problems, you know, and grow with, you know, those growing pains together. Yeah. One, one, one of the things that I, I think that you guys, you and your wife bring together is um, a solid team because it it takes a lot of commitment to have because we my wife and I we go through this too we went through it just as like you did um, got married had a child um, growing businesses so um, I can understand the the amount of commitment and especially the way you guys just when you seen the growth happen and everyone stepped up your your wife stepped up you stepped up. <laughs> It it takes a lot on you while you're still raising a newborn. Yeah. But how did you manage that? It's always evolving, right? You think you got it, you got your daughter or my daughter, you know, narrowed in, locked into what her routine is going to be. And then she changes it. She flips it on you the next day. So it's always a consistent, like, change, you know, (laughs) growth spurts, you know, regression, you know, so, you know, my daughter is no longer in the same spot I put her (laughs) 10 minutes ago. Now she's in the back room and front room and back all within like two minutes. And you're just like, all right, well, the house is safe. You know, she's fine. And then she grows up. Now she's pulling cabinets open, reaching on top of stuff. Sound familiar? (laughs) It's like, gosh, now, now you need a babysitter. (laughs) You know, me and my wife been doing really good. Um, you know, both watching her, keep an eye on her and, and being on the floor with her and watching her go through her growth and mm. you know, her falls and getting up. And, mm. and it's been an amazing journey to see that had we not had COVID or something like that, we would you know, have missed a lot of the first steps or first crawls, mm-hmm. you know, her first word or things like that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, we, we love that we were able to be there and do what, you know, do everything at the same time. I'm glad you shared that because th- there was a reason why I was going with that question. And I'm glad you shared that information because a lot of us think that, you know, because we're going through something, we're going through raising a child or we got a nine to five or whatever the case may be that we still can't um, start a business. And you're proving that, listen, even while you're raising a child, getting married, you guys can still be a unit as a family. You could still be a unit and still go after your dream and and execute on it so and the fact that you're finding time to make it happen um says that you should never quit on your dreams you should go out and pursue it as much as possible yeah definitely you know my wife we we you know we still work on it but you know we try to set boundaries set time we set schedule so that you know this is not eat okra time anymore <laughs> it's family time you know we on the weekends it's like yeah. all right Sundays no no work it's it's all like family and catching up on chores or going out and enjoying each other enjoying Bradley um but yeah you know but there's sacrifice 
as right. well in that too. You can't and, and, do and everything. You know, you can't. You, there's a, um, there was a saying that says you have to give up something to gain something, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people sacrifice family time for right now because they're pursuing a dream, and then later on they they try to make it up with the family mm-hmm. time, or they say listen, I'm working this hard to provide a future for you. And then when they grow up and they see the fruits of the labor, then they re- appreciate the fact that the person was out because this is what we accomplished. Right. But there is a saying that you won't get something for free. You have to sacrifice something along the way. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's important. But um, I just want to circle back because you said something. It, it is, takes a lot of sacrifice and it takes a lot of... Uh, money as well because you have to have some kind of cash flow to bootstrap from the beginning mm-hmm. like um to create an app is not cheap yeah i mean like we get we i was the power move on that because i'm a developer so mm-hmm. i created the app you know i coded it from the ground up on both the server website side and the mobile app on both android and ios so that's you know that's that's really the bulk of spending for us you know our server costs were only like twenty dollars fifty dollars for you know the last four years but now they're like four hundred dollars actually more like eleven hundred dollars um a month yeah a month to run everything you know so yeah now we really need that (laughs) we really need to raise and and do more of that but but yeah i mean if you're the developer like code it take your time doing it Unless, you know, trying to move real fast, you have investment and stuff. But, yeah, just go along for the journey. Yeah, and how's the journey so far? I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I don't, I don't have any regrets right now, no. That's good, man. Well, I wish you the best. You are doing an amazing job. I just want to say you. that. And um, for me and my wife as well, we, we definitely love your story because um, we can relate <laughs> so yeah. we we understand the, the ups and downs the emotional parts of it um, but we also understand that the sacrifice and the commitment that comes along with it and you're doing a remarkable job and I just want to say listen keep it up man just keep going yeah brother. thank you thank yeah. you thank you for having me this is this is amazing now just final thoughts how could they reach you if they need you yeah please you know google us google eatokra.com or you know www.eatokra.com download the app please share it with a restaurant owner or food truck chef you know we we really need them to take a part and take their part in you know what we're building too you know the the restaurants have to play a part as well the owners Mm. um, for this to really 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 take off you know we have success now but there's a lot more success a lot more yeah yeah all right guys thank you so much um as always we appreciate it and we just want to say a final thank you to anthony for really just inspiring a lot of people and doing something right for the the community and really supporting the community and having the people's back so he is the people's app people's restaurant (laughs) (laughs) i like that and um i i let me tell you I really wanted him on the show because I heard the story and I just I was blown away, and um, I'm so I'm so grateful that he was able to come on and spend some time with us and share because I know Anthony gets busy. So final thank you to him and thank you to you guys for tuning in and on the audio we definitely appreciate appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Bye.